The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Jay Caster. Welcome to Into the Deep. I'm Jay Costa. Imagine having graduated with a bachelor's, going on to become an award-winning corporate communications professional, quickly making your way up the corporate ladder and working with Fortune 500 companies, becoming an instructor at the University of Texas and Temple College, and then just leaving it all behind. That's exactly what today's guest did. She's now been a radio host for well over a decade and currently is the producer and host of Radio Medium. Today's guest is Laura Lee. She's a psychic medium helping people reconnect with the loved ones to find closure and hopefully help resolve some unanswered questions. Laura's talents have been featured on TLC, NBC, PBS, Fox, Discovery Channel, Gaia, and a ton more. I want to just get right into this episode, and I cannot thank Laura enough for sharing her time, her space, and her energy with us today. So, join me as we seek light and journey into the deep with Laura Lee. Enjoy. Well, Laura Lee, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Jay, for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, why not? I mean, gosh, if you could, for those who are listening and watching, could you share with us who you are and what it is you do? My name is Laura Lee, and a lot of people know me as a psychic medium, and I have been on radio for a long time. I'll say over a decade and I am known as a radio medium per se. So a lot of people will call me and connect with their loved ones over the phone lines. And um, currently I am the host and producer of my show called Radio Medium, which is heard at uh, a station outside Chicagoland. Uh, called WRWO 94.5 FM, and we are podcasted everywhere on all major platforms as well. And um, I really enjoyed that role to talk to people from all over the country that call in and would like to make those connections to their loved ones. But even more importantly, I think it's to help people find some sort of closure um, find some unanswered questions that they might have, uh, you know, at their heart and to help them find any other insights that might be valuable to them, given their life circumstances right here, right now. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell, what I do for people. Oh, that's awesome. 
what got you on this trajectory? What, right. what, what got you here? Uh, well, I'll tell you, and I, you might hear this a lot from some other people that you might talk to in this field. Uh, uh, I had always had the ability since a little, since as young as I can remember. And um, I was very scared of it, very frightened of it. I had a challenging time as a kid. And uh, it was not easily received for me. Uh, in fact, I was very frightened by the visitations of feeling spirit, seeing them, hearing them. And I understand now as I've gotten older and counseled with a lot of people, worked with a lot of people over the years, children naturally do. And it is a natural occurrence for children and as well for elderly to make a connection to dearly departed. Somewhere along the line, people drift from that area. I did not. And it's usually because um, someone comes in and tells you, uh, you know, that there's no such thing as ghost or um, that, you know, just authority figures coming in and telling you it's not real. So anyway, I had that as well. But my trajectory was a little different in the sense that um, about the age of nine, 10, I had a close friend who I really, really confided in. And she was on a bad path. Hmm. And I trusted everything she said. And um, she was on a um, taking some diet pills. I know this sounds silly right now, but she was taking diet pills and she handed me the diet pills. And I thought the diet pills were a good mix for me, a good combo, because it raised my vibration, my energy, and made me a little more nutty than I already am. Okay. And um, that helped me disconnect Mm. from having these experiences if that makes sense. Absolutely. And it made me disconnect from here and being real with it and having that connection. And um, that helped me alleviate some of the the challenges I was having with it personally, one-on-one. And I also did have a connection um, in the church. And I will say this, I was raised in the church and um, half my family was Catholic and the other side was Protestant. And I remember being in school, you know, on a Sunday morning, one of the um, Sunday schools and talking to the teacher out loud about making a connection to a deceased person, just like Jesus presented himself to his disciples. So anyway, I was told that was blasphemous and I shouldn't be doing that sort of thing because that's the work of the devil. And um, you don't know what you're talking to um, because it could be evil. So that even spiraled things even more out of control. So you know how that can happen for anybody. So at any rate, my eating disorder became uh, more and more increasingly out of control. And I would say I nurtured that for about 10 years. 
until I had a near-death experience and I was in college. And, um, you know, I was in bad shape emotionally, mentally, and physically. And um, I collapsed one morning Mm -hmm. and I was alone with um, all my roommates and all the other girls were out of the dormitory. I was in my college room, dormitory room. And I was on the floor, collapsed, felt like I was going to have a heart attack. And uh, I pretty much did. And at that moment, I had a visitation. <laughs> I know this sounds so, so loony. Yeah. I had a visitation from an angel. Mm. And that angel had revealed to me that I was perfect and I was loved. And that everything I am is for a reason, and I am to embrace myself. And that's the message all of us need to hear, that we are perfect the way we are, warts and all, and to embrace it. And and when I was taken by her, I've got to tell you, I felt like everything just disappeared And it just, all this darkness went away. And I felt like I was going through this dark, dark, dark and towards the light. And she was just humongous, beautiful being. Hmm. And I saw that this heaven and earth, it was just like a, a star galactic universe behind her. And I felt like we just hovered in this universal's universal space together Mm. nothing else existed but her and me and I felt this tremendous amount of love from her love that I can't even express it's not a human love it's not a romantic love the closest I can get to it and I've expressed this before on some of my other interviews is perhaps being a mother myself Mm. and to my own child and so uh when I came out of that experience and I did I went to go get help because she told me she would be with me through that process to get help. And I was to get better. And I realized then there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing. There is also, Jay, no death. There really isn't. And so death may be of the physical body, but we are all present. We're all uh, continue on this journey. We've got this much time as a span in our lives as Jay and Laura, but our spirits are so much bigger than this. And there's so much more we have to do than just in this lifetime. But when I came back and I got myself help, my abilities came back stronger (laughs) and full force. And so I went ahead in communications. I diverted my attention immediately into communications, felt totally guided. Um, But I was doing this on the side, always, even though I went and finished out my communications degree and went into corporate communications, (laughs) snore, (laughs) and I couldn't handle it anymore. It was just too much. It was too heavy for me. It wasn't the right calling for me. And um, this started to pick up steam and eventually stepped away from that and went into this. So that's a long drawn out 
<laughs> response to your question. But that's how the turn of events came about for me. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. And then interesting, I will add to that. Um, interesting, when I decided to make this call official and step out, it wasn't a year after that I got a call from KBIG radio station in LA for a show called the angels in waiting. Come on. I'm not kidding. That's awesome. I know angels in waiting. And it was a show where I answered callers to connect with their loved ones. Mm. So it was just like your personal experience you shared with me. You just see the sign. So, you know, you're on the right path. Absolutely. (laughs) that's awesome thank you so much for sharing that obviously you know there's some really personal stuff in there too but i think that that's the key to you know discovering who we are and unlocking us our our fullest potential yeah yeah sometimes we have to go through the fire yeah no almost always we have to go through the fire for transformation but it seems like constant fire sometimes isn't it (laughs) yeah (laughs) Seriously, I, I know. I, I feel like I should have extinguishers everywhere at, at, at certain points in my life. So I completely align with that. <laughs> but I suppose you know it's uh you know in nature we we realize that that's how everything is created, right? Through friction, through um, just that conflict, you know. And then there is a rebirth, or there's something profound that comes from it. At least there is. It took a while for that to sprout. And I think it was through tons of therapy and working with the right medical team to help me get better. And it really is about our health mm-hmm. and being centered and grounded in who we are and just embracing all of it. And so when I fully said, okay, I'm, I'm coming out of the darkness really about this stuff and I'm just going to go out there and do it. Then magic happens, I guess. Absolutely. And it's, it's literally like, like stepping in with faith, stepping into, okay, I'm just going to follow this and I'm going to feel the intuition that I'm Mm -hmm. going to just do the right thing. Yes. Yes. Resonates with the heart. Absolutely. Was there a point in that time where, you know, you talk about, you know, corporate communications, was it just not, was there something, was there a catalyst that made you say, no, 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 I can't do this? Yes, there was. Uh, The catalyst was, and there goes my little guard dog again. Um, Yes, the catalyst was I was with a big Fortune 500. I don't even know if I should say the name here. And I was in their communications department and working on a project that produced our company big revenue in tobacco. It was about 60% of their profit. Wow. And I was working with a lot of those corporate executives and one of the executives that got caught on fire smoking. 
And we were working on the project and I was the lead in the project. And when I found out the news the next morning, because I, I was literally sick on the project because everybody was smoking around me. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I wasn't a smoker. I was kind of adverse to it because I grew up in a family with a bunch of smokers back in the day when it was acceptable, right? right. Mm-hmm. But we were just starting to go through that transition where it was starting to become alarming. So we had a lot of attorneys involved with the wording and everything. So when that incident happened with that one executive, I said to everybody the next day, because the guy actually was in the hospital, thank God nothing happened to him and his family. And I said, that's alarming. That's a sign. That's a sign this isn't right. And it was something simple like that. It might not have been alarming to them. But that was a big aha moment for me and um, being sick on the project and tired. And um, eventually that project didn't happen because of other incidences. And I saw it as this is it. This doesn't feel right anymore. And why am I serving my time using my communication skills? for something that doesn't seem aligned with my soul and my spirit. And um, I'm doing this work on the side for other people that does feel right. And I'd rather be centered in a place where it feels congruent with me. Why do you think it's so challenging for some people to be able to take that step? right? Because they can have a comfortable job and it's, you know, job security, but then there's that tugging. I think it comes down to job security. It really Mm -hmm. does. That is a big, that is a big deal for a lot of us. Mm. Um, It is when it comes down to the basis of the hierarchy, really, you know, Having all of our needs met is really important Um, and rightly so for a lot of people out there. And um, it's almost like the golden handcuffs to some degree, even if it isn't golden. Right. (laughs) Right. Showering with money or anything like that. But, (laughs) you know, to have the idea that you're taken care of on some level. But Mm. in reality, that's all a. Are you ever really? It's a false illusion. Right. I agree with that. We saw that through COVID, didn't we? Okay. But then now a lot of people, all of a sudden, COVID did wake up a lot of people because now they're calling that the great resignation. So a lot of people did have a wake up call during that time. And in fact, that might go down in history books because I'm getting a lot of those calls from callers who are like, well, what's my next step? So now they are starting to pay attention. What's most important? Our lives, our health, you know? But if you don't have your health, what do you got? Right. Nothing. So, um, yeah, and also, you know, especially if you got kids. That's another big one, or family to care for. At the time I made that decision to shift, I wasn't a mother. You know, 
I had, uh, I was married, but I was, we didn't have uh, those responsibilities, you know, as a parent at the time. So um, I stepped away from a lot of money. Yeah. (laughs) You know, to go out on my own, because I got to tell you this business, you don't see millionaires in them. (laughs) So, you know, that's not, if, if, somebody's out there thinking about this as their calling. That's not what this is about for sure. And this is, and that's the difference between this and a job. This is a calling. This isn't something you train for. I mean, you can, I guess there's a lot of programs out there. uh, People can develop their abilities to fine tune their, their um, psychic gifts. And Oh, by the way, Jay, I will say this too. I believe all of us have, what I have, or some sort of sense of intuitive uh, hunch, uh, sixth sense to guide them. It's natural. It's a part of our being. It's part of our soul. And it's something that a lot of us haven't been taught. Absolutely. So if you don't mind me asking, and if you don't (laughs) mind sharing, what are what are some of those those feelings or those thoughts that you get when you're receiving either a message? Is it a vision? Is it is it more visual? Is it more sonic? Hmm. For me, um, it comes in all ways. Um, like I was explaining, when I was a child, uh, I was see images, unfortunate images. Sometimes uh, I think this happens to a lot of people, and this is why it's scary. You might see scary scenes. Uh, the death sequence, which isn't necessary to do <laughs> when you're a medium. It's kind of like uh, the kid from Sixth Sense. Um, okay. You know how he was seeing death sequences or the mm. scary images. Um, those would happen frequently. And uh, so seeing them, kind of feel them in your presence. Um, you can smell their breath. You know, wow. whether they were alcoholic or, or smoked a cigarette. Um, and so to me, those are all feelings too. And, and then sometimes you could hear their voice. Sometimes it's audible. Sometimes it's quite inside our, you know, within me that I can sense it. That's why I can do it over the phone to people because it's all intuitive. It's all within. It's mm. not a visual connection to somebody to make those connections. So it's very similar to having a dream. And it seems like, you know, when we have a daydream of a Mm -hmm. connection to a loved one, let's say that's alive and we think of them. And then next thing we know, we get a call from them, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's how mediumship works. That's the best way to explain it. So, but for me, it, it hits in all different ways. But I also believe that each spirit is different in mm. the sense that some are stronger visually, some are stronger audibly. Just kind of like we are as humans. You know, there's always the person who stands, <laughs> the person who's the quiet spirit soul that stands against the wall versus the the one who's in your face mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they come across often when I feel like I'm making those connections for 
my callers. Has there ever been a, a time where, you know, you were taken aback by something that you were receiving and maybe you had to stop in the middle of it for any reason? It's funny that you say that. The first thing that comes to my mind is a um, show I did with a bunch of my colleagues for Discovery Channel. And we went down to Roswell to investigate the whole incident down there. And the network asked me to host a seance (laughs) in the hangar (laughs) with everybody. And so we sit down at a round table. And before we marched in there, though, I had everybody sing Kumbaya. (laughs) Because actually, I get a little nervous about calling in spirits in that form. Mm -hmm. And so we all walk in there. We sit down at the tables. We had some cameras on us. And I began the seance. And I always go in with the idea that we're just kind of playing. Because <laughs> it is somewhat play. And all the cameras were rolling, and we finished our little seance introduction, and everybody's holding hands, everybody's got their eyes closed. And all of a sudden, Jay, the noise on top of the hangar sounded like there was a bunch of people jumping on top of it or people throwing chains at the sides of the walls of the hangar. I thought it was going to wet my pants. And everybody else was just standing there stunned. Um, Our cameramen started to pass out, getting sick. One of the colleagues at the table was a ghost hunter. His equipment went off. So he got up and broke the chain just to see what the noise was outside the hangar because he couldn't believe that was just brought on by the seance. He goes out, opens up the hangar doors. There's no one out there. And (laughs) no one out there. The signals on the equipment are going off. The cameramen are down. We replayed the footage and there's a white thing that was spiraling around our table while we were going into the seance and the noise was happening. But we had to stop filming because people were getting sick, probably from the experience. I was not sick. Neither were some of the colleagues that were at the table, maybe because we're used to working with higher realms and playing Mm -hmm. with these kind of um, spirits. that whatever we were calling in or whatever we we're working on, that was several years back, but that was probably my most significant um, experience that really made me stop and really think, what were we doing together as a unit there? Um, the most recent, I've got to share this story too. Yes, I had please. a caller just at the top of the year who I connected with his um, lost child. His baby, they lost a baby. I know, isn't that terrible? And when I was talking about the baby, we heard a coup on air. And I couldn't believe it myself. I could, we could all hear it on the actual audio. And that was intriguing. 
Um, in fact, he heard it too. He said that he and his wife had heard it often at home. And that was the reason why he was calling into the show. And it was good news though. They had shortly just um, conceived a new child within a month after we talked on the phone. So if anything, I think what it does is help people release from the experience to let go Mm. so that they can continue to walk on because that's where I was. I was kind of like stuck, you know, uh, at this door and having this experience with my eating disorder until I hit a wall and crashed. And then I realized it's okay. It's okay. And I feel like some people just have to need a hand, whether it's from a counselor or a medium. Not everybody wants to go to a medium, of course. Mediums aren't for everybody, and I totally get that. Um, but to help them go through the door so they can be open and receptive to life thereafter. Absolutely. And you bring up a great point, you know. But I also feel too, right, if someone's maybe not comfortable going to a counselor, they might be more comfortable going to a medium. We have that. We have that. And that's why um, I think there's many of us available out there, you know, um, to help people move on from their experiences. Now, there are certain mediums out there that work with the spirits and help them transition. But I think it's a twofold process. I think it's the person here as well as the spirit on the higher realm, because there's got to be some sort of release. So this person here in the physical realm can actually live the rest of their life and not be the walking dead. (laughs) Like I was. Right. Right. And and it goes back again to, you know, like you're talking about with, you know, your near death experience and how that just, it, changed everything for you it did it did it was very pivotal time for my life yeah it takes a lot of strength and it takes a lot of courage to be able to not only just get through that and get through some of those things but also then to be able to now share your story where there may be people out there experiencing the same things or something similar oh yeah 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 you know, I, I get so many people at different stages of their lives. I um, coach and mentor people through this process, too, if they happen to have that personal experience. All of a sudden, I was working with a gentleman who had a heart attack. Recently, all of a sudden, he came out of the heart attack experience after being proclaimed dead, um, having contact with spirits. <laughs> And never having the experience before, ever. So, you know, it can happen spontaneously to people. Never even dreamt of it before, never even thought about it. You know, thought it was a bunch of bull previously (laughs) until he he had the experience personally. So, you know, and then thought, what is this? What is happening? Am I going nuts? And, and quite honestly, I think a lot of us out there, uh, a lot of people out there have these personal experiences, but don't want to talk about them because they're afraid for how people might view them. 
That's a great point. And I think that's another reason why I enjoy this kind of dialogue is because we can remove that negative stigmatization for someone who might be experiencing something and they might not be able to get, work up the courage to speak out about it. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it makes it easier when I have somebody sitting there dialoguing with me who's open and receptive. <laughs> sure. Such as you, Jay. Oh. And so how do you feel like we can help open hearts and minds to even just the, the understanding and concept to the spirit realm? That's interesting question that you ask, because I'm at a point in my life where um, if they believe, that's great. If they don't believe, I'm not there to try to make someone a believer. When I first started, when I was younger, I might have had that drive to make people believe, but now um, I'm not, you know, and if somebody is ready and willing and open, I think that's when the teacher appears for the person, when they're ready, when they're ready. And everybody's at different places in regards to that. Some may never, ever be open and receptive to that. But I will say, I, you know, having seen my loved ones go, and fortunately, they've lived long, long, beautiful lives. And being close to a couple of them that transitioned, they did start seeing their loved ones, right before they transitioned. And they seemed happy about it. And my grandfather, um, <laughs> just thinking of him right now, um, I remember distinctly him even claiming to see angels mm. right before he transitioned, which my brother kept saying it was he was seeing him. <laughs> but, you know. He did, he did share with us he was seeing beautiful light beings, and he was also claiming to see certain people in his family. So, I mean, we've all had those experiences with our loved ones or with our children, or maybe it's not your own child. Maybe it's a friend's child or a niece or a nephew who saw something. <laughs> and relays it and it's kind of spooky to you but just trust that what they're seeing I wouldn't deny that's the key and just be inquisitive and curious and being open and receptive to maybe even asking them more questions about what they're seeing or what they're experiencing which doesn't seem unusual for them that's a, that's a great point. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I was going to, you know, ask you and you brought it up momentarily in there was, you know, for children, if children are having these experiences, you know, what, what's some advice that you think you could give to a parent of a child who's maybe having an experience or visitations? Mm, please don't shut it down for them. You know, it doesn't mean that they're going to go out there <laughs> And become a medium one day, you know, God forbid. And I know a parent would struggle with that because that would be a 
that would be a tough situation for a kid to go out there and start talking out loud about seeing spirits. But um, I would tell them to just be open and receptive to what the message is coming through, because I think our loved ones use the channel that is most open and receptive to get through to us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's through our children. And it could be through our elderly. That's a great perspective. That's Mm -hmm. so true. It's especially with, with how children are just so innocent and open to everything. They're like yeah. sponges, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We have, we have a couple of those in our family. Oh, really? So, yeah. They're open. <laughs> really open. Yeah. It, has there ever been a time where you've been receiving a message or you're, you're feeling something and it, you know, you're doing maybe a reading for someone that's a caller or, and you're confronted with maybe something that's a little, little bit more negative than you anticipated. Does that happen? Yeah. 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 It does happen. And I try to be diplomatic as possible. Mm. <laughs> and it's not usually a lot of people have the fear that if they're going to talk to a medium, they're going to hear about their own death. Mm. <laughs> That's furthest on the the most last thing that ever crosses my mind. And I'm not there to tell anybody when they're going to transition. And even if somebody asked me, I don't think I'd answer that. Um, But yeah, there's been some uncomfortable things that have come across and I may acknowledge it, you know, like there's been abuse. a lot of abuse that comes through and I, you know, if they acknowledge it, that's great. If not, you know, and they don't want it presented, we'll honor that, mm. you know, um, there's a lot of that, you know, or homelessness. Mm. I had uh, a family who uh, fired a house burnt down in a fire out in California. Right. So that was really difficult. Um, and then, of course, just anybody who loses a loved one. It's always difficult, you know, to communicate for someone who's really, really sad still for their loss. And so my biggest recommendation to everybody out there who has been hit with it or is um, still grappling with the loss of a loved one that might have been Recently, because of the pandemic or something else uh, that has taken the life of a loved one, is just to really be with yourself and go through the grief. Be with those feelings instead of avoiding them. I think somehow that helps you process much faster instead of burying ourselves with some sort of, I guess, addiction, right? (laughs) Whatever that might be. And mine happened to be an eating disorder that got out of control. So, um, you know, there's so many things we can do to preoccupy our minds to not deal and cope. 
But I think once we do, we can process through it faster and get on with our life to live. Because there's still some more beautiful things to be experienced. Absolutely. Every day. I agree. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And sometimes if we're, you know, uh, even just feeling that grief and letting it consume us, we're, we're, we're missing what our loved ones who have now transitioned, what they would really truly want for us to continue doing is living life and loving it and enjoying it. Yeah. And, you know, I think they always come through with messages like that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know if sometimes the person always receives it that way. Right. Because right? they're so shut down. So, yeah. How do we, how do we encourage folks to maybe open up after having had such a difficult loss of a loved one, right? And they're feeling this all-consuming pressure of the, of that emptiness and that grief. And well, you know, another thing I've recommended to a lot of people instead of, um, in addition to trying to sit with the feelings is hug someone. Mm. <laughs> I think it was Dr. Kubler-Ross, but <laughs> there's been varying opinions on who said this, that four hugs a day is the necessary requirement for us just to get by as humans. 12 hugs a day is for us to thrive. So if you haven't had four hugs today alone, that's a little scary. (laughs) If you want to thrive, you better get your four hugs in. So (laughs) as a mother, I always make sure I'm hugging (laughs) several times a day. And then furry friends also count. I will put that in there. (laughs) Yes. Our furry friends always help. So my one, my little one just got quiet. And I, (laughs) (laughs) and oddly enough, she's our little COVID friend. We just got her and her name is Angel. And I didn't even name her. That came from. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That came from one of my, yeah, my daughter who named her. She's a sweetie. Oh, pets, pets have such a way with just mm-hmm. being there for us and just showing us that love, that unconditional love. That yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. There's serotonin. Mm. The scientists even say all that really does help us bounce back. So, I mean, there's there's proven there's proven science science data out there. Not that everybody's into the science, that having that kind of connection with either a furry friend, which gives off serotonin naturally, or hugging somebody can make such a big difference in our lives. Absolutely. COVID, it was so hard to do that hug, wasn't it? So yeah. now, now that everything's open up, we can do that. Get back to hugging. Back to hugging. Yeah. So maybe, you know, we could see things starting to bounce back for all of us. We already are where we are. Yeah. What advice, what would you suggest somebody do if they're, I guess, grappling with wanting to communicate with a loved one that's transitioned? If they're 
do you, do you feel like if they, they need to be quiet and listen, do you, well, what, what, would, mm. what would you tell them? There's a couple of ways um, for anyone out there who's really open and receptive to having a personal experience. Yeah, being quiet um, would be one of those things. Um, being really quiet in silence. Silence is golden. Truly it is. Um, if you can meditate, that's even better. But for those who cannot meditate, and I understand not everybody's capable is before you go to sleep at night to invite your loved one to come into your dream and welcome them to come and visit with you and then go to sleep if you can. And and you continue that process until it happens because you're open and receptive to the experience. But my recommendation is also to keep a journal next to your bed. And when the experience happens and you wake up, write everything down, everything that you can remember from that experience. Because to me, that's how we work as mediums. Um, At least I do. Uh, A lot of my visitations for clients will come in the evening hours because I'm open and receptive and more relaxed in my mind. Um, an open mess more so. And anytime we have those visions of our loved ones that cross the mind, those are visitations too, but we're more, we're more receptive to shrugging those off during the daytime because we're so busy with so many other things. So it'll be a flash you know, in an instant, it might be a song. It might be a sentimental item that we find of theirs. And and speaking of my grandfather, you know, he was a um, state policeman. So I had his badge and his badge, (laughs) his badge came out the other day. I found it. And so I knew he was with me, you know, at that moment. So I don't always need to tune in on the spiritual realm. It's, it's sometimes even those, those sentimental items that mean so much that show up at the right moment to make that known to us that they're there, okay? Because they can never go away. They're always part of us. We're all one. <laughs> and that's such a big concept. And it's just so overwhelming to really understand that with our minds but they are part of us it's part of our dna we're all one we're all connected so even we are with our loved ones or our friends on earth just like i said they think of them and then all of a sudden we get a call from them it's no different from our loved ones on the other side they're there with us in spirit i love that You know, I would love to have anybody who has one of those experiences with their loved one, if they are sleeping at night and they put to practice what I just said, I would love to hear from you if you had a personal experience like that Absolutely, and celebrate your joy with it. (laughs) Because when it does happen, I know that's a little exciting for people because a lot of people tell me they can't remember their dreams. But I think if you ask them to help them help you remember and to come through the dream, 
that you will in time. Absolutely. I think it was great suggestion even talking about having a journal or you can keep it on the side of your bed wake up and yes start yeah. writing before you forget yeah that's what happens right, right. we get up and we start our day and that, and i think that's what blocks us from having those personal experiences more more regularly because mm -hmm. as as i said it's somewhere in between the child experience and the elder adult experience where we get caught up in the day-to-day -day. and again somebody else could have shut us down and we just shut that experience off because I think a lot of people can honestly say I remember having an experience like that and it scared me or maybe it didn't scare you I know a lot of people who told me that they weren't scared but I didn't, rec I didn't realize or recognize any, some of these people that were coming to me. So it's not bad. 99.9% of the time, it's benevolent spirits. Mm -hmm. Spirit is benevolent and comes in peace. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you ever protect yourself in any sort of way spiritually or you know i do an invocation every time i work for people or with people um more for their state of mind mm. um i believe we can choose at any given moment in time to go into the fear or go into the love and the fear, you know, if you're in fear, when you go into the personal experience, it might conjure up some fearful events, scary events. But if you go into the experience with total love, I believe that in itself is 10 times more powerful than the fear. So, but the implication does help. It does set the tone. So it's more or less like a little affirmation that we're working in the light. So. And every time we go on this show, we usually do that just to set the tone, you know, to make sure technology works too. Because <laughs> when you're when you're working with spirits, technology for some reason has its has its you know challenges. <laughs> uh, absolutely. You're experiencing that sometimes on your end. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. It it happens, and sometimes we don't even realize it until after the fact. And like you know, George will be doing uh, some stuff in post, doing some editing, and be like, he'll send me a little snippet. Like, did you hear this? Did you hear? Did you see this? Oh, it's, it's, just, it's it's great. Yeah. So we have like a folder of of certain things that we keep. Oh, good. Yeah. I think we might. Yeah, I think we might eventually. So it's just kind of something we haven't. This is the first time I'm talking about it. Oh. openly that we we've been doing it but yeah anytime something will come up we, we we'll save it yeah that's uh like i said we have that audio of the baby coo wow. out loud that was just phenomenal you know that we actually heard it on air wow. so over the call now those are those are uh experiences i personally have sometimes over the phone but to have other people hear at that time too, and the caller on the other end, as well as other people who listen to the podcast, it's just incredible. So it's, 
it's it's great when other people can share in the experience. Absolutely, because then people are uh, come to a, I think a fuller understanding of what it encompasses. In that, oh, okay, maybe if they have a little shred of skepticism, maybe that might wear it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you that that story I shared you about the hanger. <laughs> Anybody That's... there who wasn't a believer was after that. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I was even, I was even thrown from that experience. So <laughs> most powerful moment. <laughs> did you have any, I guess, did you have any influences that like people that maybe you looked up to or their work that you studied or admired, or maybe anyone that influenced your path to get to where you are? You know, as a um, child, I will say this. Uh, it was in common. It was common in my family that the women in particular uh, would talk about, you know, so-and-so came in my dream last night or, um, I could have sworn I saw dad out of the corner of my eye. And so that kind of talk always happened in my family. So that kind of encouraged me uh, and kept me open. And I didn't think of it. That was just our normal conversation uh, in our household. And then um, later on down the road, I would, um, as a teen and going into my teenage years, when I started the eating disorder and everything, interestingly enough, um, I would ride to school every day with my dad. My dad would take us into school because um, the bus was a hard ride. <laughs> I didn't like to ride the bus. So we'd ride to school and he'd always listen to talk radio. And interestingly, there was a woman on air at the time and she was a psychic medium and she was on morning talk and she would do her connections for callers. And I felt like right before she even communicated or talked to the people, I had those connections. So she kind of influenced me on some level when, and I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think at the time, oh, I'm going to grow up and just be like her. There's no way in my mind did I ever think I want to grow up and be a psychic medium. No way. Never a thought. You know, just did not register. It wasn't until after the near-death experience that I'm going through the communication channels and in my early years, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting people who are asking me to do this because I was doing it for friends and family. It just starts to build. And I'm like, you know, there's more to this. This is it. You know, I feel more joy giving in this way. So um, then I started meeting some other people on the path who had influenced me. And then when I got out there and I'm on the radio show out in <clears throat> K-Big, I find out, Jay, that there was an aunt of mine in my family who was a medium who met with people in her home, but it was a secret in the family because they were in a community that everybody was involved with the church. 
And so, you know, she kind of kept quiet under wraps about it. And one of my aunts at the time came to me and she says, we wondered who would be next. Hmm. So, you know, I didn't know that ran through the family line. But again, I will reiterate, I think we all have it. So just some people are stronger at it than others. And I think the more you use it and the more you connect, the stronger it becomes. If it's just like anything else in our life, if if we, you know, don't keep our brain sharp as we grow older and what doing puzzles and reading and <laughs> exercising it just like our body needs to be exercised we start to lose it so i think this ability for us to make connections not even to higher realms just our our sixth sense our intuitive nature uh develops if we use it i love that and it makes perfect sense you know and especially if it's a skill set or if it's, you know, whatever you, however someone wants to describe it, you know, using it will definitely strengthen it over time. Yes. Yes. I love that you brought up about, you know, the, the women in your family, because, you know, for, for my family, it was the same thing. The women would talk oh, about, it? yeah. And that's my mom would always talk about, you know, it was this relative or was this person or that, you know, and it would always be open to talking about like these dreams and visitations. And yes, you know, it was always a present, you know, Discussion. in my, yeah, it yes. was never taboo to talk about. Yeah. It wasn't taboo in our family either. Yeah. And, um, but I do remember my mom telling me once before I had my near death experience, she says, Laura, uh, you know, because I would talk to her on occasion about certain things that had to deal with that realm, even though I was trying to tune out from it and the experiences I was having. And she goes, whatever you do, just don't go out there talking to other people about it. Look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> they had a hard time with it at first. I, I, I'm, I'm sure they did, Laura. <laughs> did and um especially you know coming from uh you know my mom and dad worked hard you know wanted us to get our education and uh which you know they all didn't have that opportunity Mm -hmm. and so I did and I understood and and um but when I made the transition, I told them, I just, I just felt this was what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? And they said, my mom says, I just worry about you because, you know, there's a lot of people who don't like that. And there isn't, but, you know, I think it's with anything. It really is. My brother is an attorney. He gets slack for being an attorney, you know? (laughs) Right. <laughs> so we all do our best. <laughs> mm, I love that. We all do our best. <laughs> we Absolutely. do our best. Just do your best every day. Mm. So, yeah. I love that. 
what are some of the services and things that you offer on, on your website? Mm. Mm. I, one of the things I really enjoy doing is coaching people and sharing how to get in touch with it themselves, if they're having mm. these personal experiences. So I have a lot of webinars. We have one coming up about spirit guides. So um, how to connect with a spirit guide for life direction. That might help a lot of people right now who feel like they're a little lost from the COVID transition, sitting at home now with a little more time on their hands. <laughs> right. They <laughs> finished all their Netflix shows. Yeah. Right. right. So, um, but anyway, I uh, really enjoy having those visits with groups of people that are looking for that transition or looking for the information themselves. So I'm not being their communicator. I'm not being the psychic medium for them, but showing them how to tap into it and to receive those messages themselves. So that's one of the big things. Other than that, I really enjoy still being available and open to people who want to call into the show and talk and chat like we are doing here. And then we post it on the podcast. So people actually get to hear the recorded readings. <laughs> so that's, that's the two things that are high priority for me right now with um, helping people make those connections for them. So on the website, it's contact your guardian angel, contact your dearly departed for healing grief you know, helping people find it themselves and making those contacts for themselves and uh, life direction or how to listen to that divine guidance. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of things out there on the um, web right now. Oh, the kids are so into it. As my teen is showing me that it's very popular on TikTok right now and some of the other platforms. and. There's a lot of misinformation out there too. Of course, that's what social media is good for, right? <laughs> and, and media. Um, but, uh, you know, at least people are exploring. Mm. I will say that. And there's a lot of exploration around this area right now, more than ever. Mm -hmm. And that to me says that there's a big awakening. Do you feel yeah. like uh, with some of these either world events and things that are happening sometimes, can that sometimes get in the way of you receiving messages? Does that ever affect oh, you? Yeah, I think it does for everybody. Mm. Um, so I try to minimize it. And uh, when I'm working with people, I spend a lot of time uh, taking care of myself. Mm. Yeah. That's the only way, because like I said to you at the beginning of our interview, what I found is that once I started taking care of myself and I healed and I got better, it became stronger. And that time, the second round for me, I wasn't scared because I was grounded and I felt whole and I felt prepared and ready. and. My experience demonstrated to me and showed me that we're okay. We're okay. You know? And I had a choice. 
You know, she kind of gave me a choice and the choice is always ours. You know, if we want to come and go. So my choice now, you know, when I'm working with the public, uh, whether it's in an audience setting or uh, by the radio show, is I spend a lot of time alone in the morning and I do a meditation that usually is in the woods. I'm really connected to nature and um, spending time alone with my family. Um, before I step into that room in my office now <laughs> and connect with those people for them. You know, that's really important to make those connections stronger. And, and your health is most important for those, for those kind of connections to happen. So, and to flourish. I love that. Oh, that's wonderful. All starts with that self-care, sincerely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where can folks find you on the internet? Mm. They could find me at radiomediumlauralee.com. And Laura is spelled L-A-U-R-A-L-E-E.com. So it's one word. And they can find that podcast on any favorite forum. And they can listen to the show Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, uh, going to my website. And they can actually listen on the listen link right there. It'll take them right to stream anywhere if they aren't in the listening audience you know, surrounding areas right now. So yeah, that's where we are right now. Yeah. And I, I, I can't stress that enough. It's, it's so important, you know, taking the right steps to find some of that closure. And uh, <laughs> it's wonderful that you, you know, you're able to do this for so many people and share your, your, your passion, your love, but also your abilities and your gifts. You, you share those with people and that's a wonderful thing. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your time with me and allowing me to <laughs> share bits of my story. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it just, thank you for your time and your energy and, and just, you know, joining me on this journey, you know, cause it just, it's just as much of a learning experience, you know, for all of us. And there you have it. I really can't thank Laura enough for sharing so many personal stories and struggles with us today. And Laura really inspired me to share something else. And uh, it's the first time I've ever talked about this outside of very close people to me, but I too also suffered from an eating disorder for a period of time. And uh, it's, been, it's been some time now. And um, I've never really talked about that, but Thank you, Laura. You've given me the inspiration and the strength to be able to talk about it with people. And even just saying it now, I feel a weight because I know there's going to be a lot of people hearing this. We talked about a lot in this episode. We really did. And I think the number one thing that really sticks out is that importance of self-care and how Laura shared with us how that really transformed her perception and her perspective on really just accepting her gifts. You can find Laura Lee 
at radiomediumlauralee.com, as well as on Instagram at radiomediumlauralee. Thank you all so much for listening. We cannot thank you enough. George and I have recently started a Patreon page. So join our inner sanctum if you want to continue the conversation. We go a little bit further. We have longer episodes that we split up. We give you extra bonus content as well as some other exclusives there. So be sure to check out our Patreon page. If you're watching, be sure to hit that like button. We hope you subscribe to the channel and ring that notification bell. Until next time, take care of one another and keep thinking for yourself.